Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Czar. Hi, Mike. Howdy, Chet. <laughs> How you doing today? Just fantastic. I'm trying to raise the energy level up because I'm exhausted, so I'm faking it. Faking it till you're making it. Yeah, I, I got some coffee, iced coffee. You make Not ice just coffee. Any old coffee. You make yeah, ice like coffee ice from coffee. your leftover coffee. They do that. You know what the best the best kind of the best kind of iced coffee is if you take your leftover coffee and put it into an ice cube thing and put it in your freezer mm-hmm. and make I make coffee ice cubes. Mm-hmm. And then when you pour your coffee into your ice instead of having it melt down and get all watery and not taste right it's melting with more coffee and so that's a good idea really kind of amazing i never thought of that i'll have to try that yeah, coffee ice cubes coffee ice cubes that's the uh, that's what we're going to talk about today on the dark art study po- co- podcast coffee ice cubes the whole episode's going to be about coffee ice cubes so chet what what does the word cube taste like <laughs> cube tastes like um okay this is a weird one but do you know those do you know they're called i think they're called andes a-n-d-e-s yeah and, and they're mints chocolate mm-hmm. square mints that's what cube they're, like. they're like rec- I, I always remember them being like rectangular they might be i might be getting them mixed up with uh because the andes chunky. ones are the remember chunky yeah, the Andes ones. I think I'm pretty sure the ones that like at the fancy hotels they like put on your. Pillow. I think though, when I when I was a kid, they were, they may have been square though. Because mm. I I just remember having like the chocolate strip on top and then the mint yeah. strip in the middle and the chocolate strip on bottom. Right. Yeah. It tastes like that. Well, cube tastes like Andes. Well, that's a pretty tasty word. <laughs> <laughs> to start off our coffee cube episode. <laughs> It's not really a coffee cube episode. We're going to talk about my upcoming show, um, Villains. Villains. But I'm I I have to warn everybody, and if you've heard the pre-roll, you will be aware that um, you've been forewarned that I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. So I'm really kind of uh, slow-witted today, more slow-witted than usual. You give yourself less credit than you deserve, Chet. Well. I feel every person, you know, when, when I had, I didn't tell you this yet, but when we had the dark art society retreat here, I was talking with people about you and your performance on the dark art society. And they were all just like, I can't believe how, how good he is at it. They're like, I mean, compared to how he was that first time, they're like, <laughs> I mean, it's like leagues I'm and afraid, bounds, you know, I'm afraid to, to listen to that first episode. I will never every, listen to that first episode. Everybody's super, everybody's super impressed with how good you are at it. Like you're a pro, Oh, you know? Well, thank you. That's cool. That's nice to know. I do my best. <clears throat> yeah, I, I you know, I I admit I kind of grew into this role, but um that's part of the reason we did this, you know. Cuz to help uh I, f- I felt like I probably wasn't good at it naturally, so it'd be a challenge and kind of fun. It's been both. Yes, it's been a fun challenge and more. <laughs> so yeah, I basically I, I went to bed around four last night or four this morning and um I'm really wiped out, but uh I'm I've got three days and three nights to stay on my schedule and finish the paintings because the show is Saturday the thirteenth, so that'll be three days from or three or four days depending on if if you hear the hear it a day early or not, hear this podcast mm-hmm. a day early or not. And a Copro Gallery. A Copro Gallery. So the show's called Villains. I, it's it's you know just a, a uh, basically taking on the the villain archetype for the subject of my paintings. And you know when it comes to shows, the I was thinking about this because um, I'm, I'm good. Uh, Gary did like a little interview. For, Gary from Copro for Beautiful Bazaar. They're going to do a little mm-hmm. little uh, thing on their website, I think, about the show. Cool. And so it got me thinking about the show. And um, one of the one of the questions was, or one of the answers was to the to one of the questions was uh, that 
you know, subjects for a show are really just a jumping off point. Um, cause if, if you're an artist, you know, that, you, you know, it's easy to kind of spin off the, the tracks and go crazy and just want to make everything and anything. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's actually really nice to have parameters sure. to work within, you know, cause then it's like, I don't know. Uh, then if you start painting something, that's not a villain. You're like, Oh wait, what am I doing? This is, this doesn't belong in the show. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just like, you know, when you, when you go to create a show, you could, you could do anything, you know, you could do anything. And then it's, uh, but there has to be kind of a unifying theme, even if it's like a color theme or the size of your work is part of the, the unifying mm-hmm. theme or the orientate, the, 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 uh, the ra- the what's the the ratio aspect ratio right you know that can be there has to thing. be some congealing force that that lends some kind of uniformity to yeah the whole it's got to be it's got to look like a show so um you know to me the 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 title and the subject is really um secondary because it's all about the paintings and and, and and when you have, when you put parameters on yourself, which is what uh, deciding on a theme really is, is put, laying down some parameters in this game. You know, it's a game, an art show. It's you're trying to come up with a cool show that works well together, and um, so you have to give yourself limitations. So once the parameters are put down, it's just a matter of okay, how do I play this game within the parameters? And it's sort of I don't know. It kind of keeps you uh, keeps you from, like I said, going too far outside of and going off the the rails and and going down on a crazy train. Yeah, (laughs) 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 it just keeps keeps you from going down a crazy path. Really, you know, like getting getting too far off of what you see how see i told you i was gonna be like this you know what i'm saying though right? i feel you you know what I'm yes, saying. i do you've never had to you've never done a show have you like an art show to where you had a theme where you i mean a body the closest work? i ever did to anything like that was my senior project when i was in college and i i had created my own degree i had, you had to do like some kind of big senior mm. project and so what i did was like i took the whole entire college campus that was underneath the umbrella of the college and the university where I went and I took over it and I had like a, I had a, a video film festival, like a video festival. I had oh, a, yeah, film, I a film room. I had a fine art room where I had a bunch of work and other people had work. I had an improv room. I had like all these different rooms and all these different kind of activities. And it was a big show and it was a big to do. And it was like, a, I think I called it the 10 hour long multimedia fest. There were live bands. It was, pretty involved so that's like the biggest thing i've done but it was very multifaceted right you know? um just on a side note degree the word degree yeah. t- tastes like peas Ooh. Yeah. i mean i like peas but it just when the word peas sounds gross i guess yeah i do like peas though i don't know degree you said degree i was like oh peas. well like degree peas. does rhyme with p degree p that's true I mean, I don't know if there's any correlation, but <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like the only show, you know, and then I've been involved obviously in, in yours, you know, right, right. to a greater or lesser extent, depending, but it's just, it's, it's, it's coming up with a, a show is it's really fun. You know, the, the usual problem I have is the time. Cause I'm always having to hustle money and then the show creeps up on you. You never give, you know, get enough time as much time as you'd like, but, um, it's a lot like creating for a show for me is a lot like working on a film really because a mm. film is the same way where it's like there's parameters laid down you know there's certain characters that need to be developed and and designed and um you know that you can't you know you can't all of a sudden just do something totally different than than the theme so mm-hmm. it's it's the process is really similar so that's what i like about um creating character based artwork is that it's so it's in my so in my wheelhouse you know i did it for 20 years or 25 years or whatever 
yeah design characters so it's definitely something i feel comfortable with one of my one of my questions that, that i haven't gotten to ask you yet is because as i you know inevitably knowing what i know about dystopia and having this kind of insider's view because i obviously authored the the text that's going to go with the book that's going to be released and so for me, I have all these questions that kind of lie closer to the inside. But one of the things we have obviously brought about to public attention, specifically at your dystopia show, when we listed some of the different classes of people, was we listed the no men, and the no men being these, you know, kind of archetypes mm-hmm. of, of bad people. And bad people and villains kind of go together. So I guess my ultimate question is is, you know, do do you feel like these villain characters exist in that class of no men? Or um, do, they, you know, or is there some some from there and also some that exist maybe in the creeple class, the more common commoners yeah. of dystopia? Yeah, you know, I haven't actually thought about it yet, but looking at them, the only, there's one character that's a no man that I know for sure, or a no man, yeah. or a no, I don't know how you'd say that, a no, a no man. A no man. And that is the boogeyman. Lisa's, right, Lisa's right. boogeyman that she saw, which I'm doing a painting of, which is kind of cool. She saw when she was five years old or whatever. And, um, and really, you know, the, the no men are, are, it's funny because there's, the no men aren't the, I don't think the no men are the villains of dystopia as much as they are a collection of these gangsters that are shadow people in our world. Right, they're and, more like the henchmen of dystopia because the interlopers are more like the villains, kind of. Yeah, the interlopers are the ultimate villain, but the the but there's there's plenty of I think bad guys that aren't part of the no man. I, I think. yeah, like Thug. Thug's not a no man, and Thug is obviously like a bad guy. Isn't Thug in the in the no man painting I did? No, Thug. We went through in that thug one you- that one painting I did for dystopia where they're all standing there and the back the the main guys back is facing you i thought he was maybe i know the painting maybe he is i don't remember whether thug is in that one or not but i remember when we were you know dialing through those characters right yeah that that you had said that he was a creeple i mean who knows if that creature is thug or not but that basically you know the idea was that he was just a thuggish type creeple guy and you pictured him being like a you know not necessarily this but in relation to our world like a bouncer at a club kind of thing or like a bar or something like just this thuggish brutish kind of creeple creature yeah but i mean i guess the point being is that um there are all kinds of different villains in dystopia i think you know the the villain villain is just a, a name really a title of a type of person a bad a bad guy or whatever there's other right. bad bad guys other than no men because that's you know, true so uh you know like the black witch painting from villains this black that black witch did you see that one mm-hmm. yeah um that's you know definitely more like a um uh like a lilith character yeah you know i can picture that character being in like the weedy place right right that's weedy, W E E D, not weedy like the cereal. H E I. Yeah, that Weedy's was place. That, it, whoever's listening, you guys, you guys just got a little give that we've never given before, right there with that. Oh yeah, little, little secret detail that we have not given out about uh, dystopia, and uh, that refers to territories. Yes, yes. And by the way, the dis- as soon as the show is done, and I know I've been saying this over and over, but this time it's really true. Like it's it's, it's here. Why it's true? Let me just stay, say real quick. The reason it's true, sure, I know this is because on the on the episode where, where we're recording from the retreat here, Chet promised all eight of us a painting if he doesn't get doesn't get it done. And I know he's not going to make us all eight a painting, so I know he's going to get it done. Oh, that's true, but that's not even. I totally forgot about that. I know. Uh, that's why I brought it up again because you know I don't forget. Um. Yeah. So it's as soon as this is done. You know, this month I'm also I have to make some more money um, even if the show does sell out which i i hope it god pray that it does but um you know it's halloween so it's my big time of the year and i gotta i'm gonna do a bunch of horror movie studies um those are always fun and and they're good, good good for making a little money so i've got to make hay while the sun shines and the sun shines for me in october so while, while I, the moon shines <laughs> uh while i uh I'm doing that. I am going to get back on the book to get it done um, for sure. Get everything to our graphic designer 
before the end of the year. So absolutely. That's my goal in life after the show. I don't have any major commitments after the show. Um, not until next year with, I have a show in uh, Australia, which is, is kind of going to be a show of this size, which won't be that huge of a deal. And it's not until the middle of the year, I think. So, and then, and then, you know, my, once the book is, once dystopia is out of my hands, I'm not sure how long it's going to take after that. I, uh, once, I don't, I'm not sure how long Mackie, our graphic designer is going to take on that, but, once I'm done with it, I'm going to feel much better. And, um, you know, we, well, may- we can share more stuff with, with backers of the Kickstarter then. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a, uh, Stupak has turned me on to this printing company in the United States, which I really wanted to do rather than go to China, which is everybody who's knows anything about books, you know, there's everyone gets their books made in China. So that's just kind of the way it is. And the place that we got the black magic book done is actually for a Chinese company. They're they're really uh, good to their workers. They have like this, you know, they've gotten awards for being a good company in China. They're not like a, a sweatshop or anything. So, you know, I didn't feel morally bad about getting the book done there. But it takes, you know, shipping it is a nightmare. You have to, it's like shipping really expensive. Storage. It takes forever. I know. I don't know when the Chinese New Year is, but that always, you know, if you you have to wait, like I forget how long it lasts, but if you order something over the Chinese New Year, however long the Chinese New Year lasts, everything just shuts down in, in China, I think. So I'm really looking forward to maybe going with a, uh, a United States printer, which means it would be done way faster. And, you know, once, like I said, once this is done, it's going to, my whole life is going to change. Even if nothing comes of dystopia, which we, you know, we both agree it's going to be a big, turning point for things for my art career i think but even if it didn't that's fine just having this project done is going to be so amazing i mean it's really been this huge fucking albatross around my neck for two years now so well i'm excited about it because i finally get to get my rocks off sharing all of this incredible cool information that we literally like anthropologists went and dug up based on the evidence of well, your paintings. We literally we get, dig them up. <laughs> okay, shut up. You always got to fuck with me over that. <laughs> we did not literally, figuratively, we figuratively <laughs> dug up all of this information by literally evidencing your paintings right. so that we could gather this information. And I'm just excited to be able to uh, share that with people finally because we've spent, you know, I mean, aside from the fact that you've been doing all these paintings, we spent a significant amount of time, you know, traveling together and touring around and taking pictures for reference and talking and talking and talking and talking about and interviewing over the phone and interviewing on Skype and doing 15 drafts of the manuscript. You know what I mean? Like. It's so I'm just excited because people are going to finally get to open up the treasure trove and like be like, oh my gosh, this is what they figured out, you know? And it's not like this is what we devised, this is what we created, mm-hmm. this is what we thought sounded good. This is what we figured out. Right. And that's exciting to me to be able to share that. And as someone who is and has always believed that what you're doing is channeling something and that you are more a medium or a conduit for that, as much as that might make you uncomfortable – to be able to then unlock this information for people that simply validates that theory for me is, is really gratifying. So I'm super excited just for the people, for the fans, just like I was so excited to have, I like to paint monsters done for the fans. Like they get it finally. I finally get to share it, show it off. Cause I'm a fanboy, you know, I always have been for you, like in your work. So it's like, I get to show it off and everyone gets to revel in the joy of knowing all this cool stuff that we worked hard to figure out. It wasn't like it was easy work. It was hard work. Well, not only that, and we should, we should get back to the subject after the, after this, but, um, of the villain show, but the, the thing that I'm the most excited about, I am excited about that sharing it, of course, with everyone. But, um, the thing I'm most excited about is once the book is done, it opens up a whole new world of projects based on the book that we could do, you know, VR games, comic books, oh, man. Yeah. web series. And, you know, I have to say, like I always do, maybe nothing will come of it because, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life. But I like the idea of this potential huge well, this resource 
of, you know, potential th- fun things to do, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's a trip. It's a trip. Anyway, so let's... Uh, back, back to villains. Back to villains. But what, I want to know if there's anything special about this show. Like, you know, for people that are going to go to it, is there anything that they can expect that's going to be, you know, make it a little bit different than just paintings on the walls? Who else is going to be there? Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be... Um, there's going to be... Let's see. Uh, I, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be in the small room, same with the fear show, because this was, you know, Copro really wanted me to do a solo show and I, I wanted to take the year off. Uh, but, uh, I didn't. So Dos Diablos is going to, it's like, it's me in the small room and then the big room is going to be a bunch of kind of like a group show, but a small group show. So each artist has, you know, not just one piece, like a small group of pieces. So it's going to be Dos Diablos in the other room, in the big room. Uh, Shane Pierce, Magpie Rogers, Megan Magpie Rogers. And what is the other artist? The other artist is someone that I wasn't familiar with. Um, let me see. Now I got to find the ad. Find that ad. Find that ad. Are they doing? Are they doing villain type stuff too? Or no, is that no, totally separate. It's totally separate. Like okay. this is a solo. This this is my villains is my solo show. Okay. And then they have their you know whatever. I don't know if they have a subject or or what. Um, but let's see. They can do whatever they want um, for their shows. It's not like there's a unifying theme for all of them or, or anything. Okay. Gotcha. Amandine Uruti. I don't even know how to pronounce her name, but she's great. She does um, black and white drawings that are really weird and cool. Really re- kind of realistic, but super cool. Every every artist in the show is great. I mean, all the, all the other artists in the other room are, are fantastic. So I'm kind of excited nice. to be showing with, you know, a group of other artists that i'm totally into so um yeah it's going to be great it's going to be just a good show for for one thing but we are going to do um we've got maybe we could put a link in the in the uh description but we've got you know gary set up a red bubble page which is something i'm kind of looking into also as far as getting maybe every image i've ever painted on a shirt uh you know through red red bubble i just don't know if it's financially feasible or not i haven't looked into it but gary the the flyer that uh, dos diablos created for the show which is really amazing he's created a couple but uh it it looked he thought it would look so good as a shirt that he put them on shirts at red on red bubble and um, nice put them on coffee cups and all kinds of stuff just for fun really because you don't really cool. make that much money from red bubble you might make a couple bucks off of each item so you know that's not it's not like a money maker it's more it was more like a promotional thing and a fun thing yeah and um you know if, <coughs> if people show up we're gonna have i think some mini prints <clears throat> for people who show up early if people wear their shirts if they order a shirt a villain shirt they'll get a free print or something so we're gonna have that um i'm gonna have the plaques again the the plaques between the paintings it's basically like the fear show it's kind of like the fear part two in a way as far as the format goes, you know, it's oval paintings, uh, an oval, the new oval frame, which is kind of a variation of the last frame I did. But yeah, I like this new one a lot. Yeah, it came out really cool. I was thinking, you know, when I was sculpting it, I wanted to change it more, but it looks so good when I just kind of like laid things out on it. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because it looked so good. You know, it's like, I'd like to change it and make it a totally different frame, but it looks too good like this. So I went with that. So, you know, it's a smaller show for me. It's not a big epic dystopia show or eco death show at all. I'm not, it's like, I don't even want to compete with that. Those are, you know, it'd be cool. I know you're not going to do this, but it'd be cool to, uh, to get somebody who's like a professional sleight of hand person mm-hmm. and have them in your little gallery and have them and just have them pickpocket people and then give them their stuff back because it's, <laughs> it's like the villain show. Oh, that is a good idea. Just yeah. like have someone like who's just in there and that looks like just a gallery person and then like you know who's just in there checking stuff out and have them walk up and like make you know conversation and That's just swipe idea. someone's watch or whatever. It would be and then, you know both 
then walk back up to him, you know, a couple minutes later and be like, oh, here you go. I'm a villain, by the way, and you I know, stole this from you. That's a good idea. It gave me another idea what would be cool. And of course, you know, there's no time for it, but it would be great for Rick Gallagher, who d- plays the Undertaker, yeah. um, to dress him up like the devil. And yeah, just yeah. walking around because the 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 kind of um the mascot of the show basically is the devil, like a kind of a classic red devil. Because I thought the you know the ultimate villain is the devil, mm. in archetypal villain is the devil, and um, so the plaques are of a devil, classic devil's head, and the frames I put little devil's head and, and bats on it. So it looks really cool, but um, that would be great. I can imagine him like an old, yeah, yeah. old-fashioned, like '60s, almost '50s devil, like a cape, red skin, a little the the beard and the pointy beard and the little mustache and horns and the little black widow's peak with a, like a, a, a pitchfork. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. So maybe I can get him to do that. I don't know. You get the what you do is you get the the, the top of the pitchfork and you get the tail and you put a little fishing line between them right. so that when he moves the fork it makes the tail move around yeah. and stuff that'd be great that would see it's one of those things i wish i had more time because i could sculpt a i could make him look exactly like that plaque exactly yeah know? and that would yeah. be great but you know this isn't one of those shows that's financed by a kickstarter or anything so yeah it's just a small but it's still fun to show. kick ideas around even if they're not going to happen you know yeah yeah so it's going to be cool it's going to be fun I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get it done. I'm, I'm, I've got 10 paintings, 10 11 by 14s. They're all, you know, I was thinking about it. I think they're all going to be 3000 each. And I was just thinking it's so, I'm so underpriced with my work, man. Cause when you, cause, cause when you, it's a painting and the frame is a sculpture. Yeah. So you're getting yeah, like exactly. two pieces of art with it. And I don't know. I just, it's, but you know, I, I, I my, my pricing structure is my pr- pricing structure and you can only raise it a certain amount every year and, and the art sales are slow. So right now, so I don't want to go crazy and bump prices up right now. So it's a long-term thing, but um, I don't know. I feel like every painting is strong in the past. I, you know, especially my earlier shows, I felt like there was always one or two kind of filler pieces. Yeah. Yeah. You know, way back to the new blood show. I remember that. I remember having a couple of pieces I wasn't really happy with, um, which I think was my first show back back at Copro with Dan Quintana. And uh, I remember who else? I think maybe it's just me and Dan. I don't remember. But uh, I really wanted to make sure that every painting was completely solid, stood on its own. And um, so I've got the boogeyman. I've got the uh, one called Clown 13, which is a really yeah, cool love that, clown that painting. One. Got all, <laughs> that one's super cool. That's probably my favorite one out of the whole show oh, so far. Yeah, I got all wrinkly. <laughs> I just yeah, got, I just saw that one on uh, on Patreon and your Patreon, and I was like, oh, I love it. It's so wrinkly. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I didn't intend for it to be wrinkly, but then I started going getting in there. I was like, oh, this is too like fun this. making all these wrinkles. I like this the like elderly, like over ancient elderly look. Like it's just I don't know. It's right. got a real feel to it. And I love textures. I'm so into texture. Yeah, me too, too, man. I'm a texture freak. So I'm all about the skin texture. So uh, uh, the okay. So there's the 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 boogeyman, the clown, um, the black witch, the the villain, the classic villain, that green villain, the first painting I painted that's in the ad. Uh, an evil robot, my Halloween robot. I like that one too. Oh, thanks. Uh, so that's six. Um, a zon- like a voodoo zombie that I just I posted. I've also. seen that one. Yeah, I just not. posted it last night at like four in the morning. Yeah, that mm. one's super wrinkly. That's like the wrinkliest thing I've ever painted. <laughs> it's it's really fun. It's oh man, I could just I could paint wrinkles and texture for fucking months, man. One of these days when I'm have enough time and money i'm gonna make the most detailed wrinkly painting of my life where it's like the wrinkles have wrinkles on them <laughs> <laughs> um, i've got the doctor which is one of the first ones i, I painted i've got 
Oh, the politician slash businessman. He's looking. I posted him last night too on Patreon. Uh, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, it started off as a politician, and I based it on Rudy Giuliani because he's so weird mm. looking. And um, now it's looking kind of like a businessman. So I'm like, maybe I should rethink the title of this painting. But you know, it's kind of the same thing, really, when you look at it. Um, and what else is there? You should call it. You should call it corpocracy. <laughs> corporation you know corpocracy yeah no needs a name needs a name like some kind of name i don't you know i I need i want to come up with good titles for everything you know really strong titles like to where you could name that character you know what i mean yeah like the smoking doctor is he wearing a suit Yes, he's wearing a suit with a call him call him steam suit. I was thinking of calling him suit the suit. That's the kinda, suit because <laughs> that's the like suit. You know, yeah, that's pretty good. The suit and and it doesn't imply politician or or businessman. It's more like you know when you say when you call someone a suit, you know what they're saying. That's usually yeah, like I like the suit. Yeah, that might be good. That might be good. That's like a mobster name. Like oh yeah, that's Johnny Johnny, <laughs> Johnny the suit. suit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and I know there's a couple I'm leaving out. Let me see here. Look at my photos. Uh, look at the Halloween robot. I wanted to paint a devil, but I didn't. You sculpted one instead. Yeah. Oh, the priest. <laughs> ah. The most disturbing painting of all. Is it? Yeah, because it's, it's just... You know, it's it's provocative in that way, because, just because of the sex scandal of priests. And but you know, I don't know. It just seemed like the right thing to do. It's a it's a good villain character, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that's all ten of them. But you know, it'll be laid out ten paintings uh, with a plaque in between each. I'm thinking of painting, whereas last year. I painted them like kind of a faux bronze, mm-hmm. um, which looked really nice. I'm thinking if if the if if they don't clash with the paintings, I was thinking of painting them red and painting the. That's black funny. That's red. what I, was, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, like black black, cast them in black, and then do a dry brush um, with this um, red oxide acrylic color that I the, the same way I painted my. Uh, the uh, conjoined hearts minis, mm-hmm, yeah, you know that. So it gets that yeah. little textury look. So as long as I have to, kind of, I'm getting Lee molded everything. He's molding everything, or he did mold everything. He's casting everything now, and he's casting me up an extra frame so I can do paint tests on it. And then I'm going to paint one up red, and then put every painting in it to make sure that the colors don't clash. If the colors don't clash, and it looks, and each painting looks good in the frame, I'm going to do all these red frames. Oh, cool! Red plaques, and that'll look pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell, really. But you know, they they all the all the characters. You know, I was thinking, how do they relate to dystopia when I was painting them? Even though that was like not a consideration when I was really uh, figuring out the paintings, it was more like okay, so I painted these, so they must relate to dystopia in some way so um how do they relate and you know now that i look at them all they're just they fit perfectly in dystopia you know and of it, course it and it broaden it broadens the world too it makes the world bigger and and with every every painting it's like it makes me realize that the world is a lot bigger than i first imagined it when even when we were doing the dystopia book you know it's it's, but you were at, you were having a really hard time even visualizing it mm-hmm. then because I was even like doing like I was even like giving you like scale meters I know, and, I know. and and shit so you could like imagine I was like because you're like it just looks too small and I'm like no but we're talking like these are like five thousand miles right. apart these three points you got to like look at it like that right right I remember looking at the world and I was trying to figure out the farthest point between two things so that I could get like a proper a proper scale on it and stuff yeah. Or for the legend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I want? This is totally off subject. I'm I keep talking about dystopia, but 
I want dystopia bubblegum that's like, uh, and like dystopia edibles that are like <laughs> little shapes that are cast like little monster heads or whatever, you know? <laughs> and they look like a little chat monster head, but it's like something you get to eat or like destroy, chew up, turn into like a ball of nothing. They'd be black. It'd be like black gum. Or black chocolate or something. Yeah. Well, if they were edibles, yeah. It'd be like dark chocolate. It'd be, it'd be like these little monster heads. they yeah. get you high. Chew them up. Yum. You can't. Dystopia and a wrapper. You can't do that though with, with edibles because what you can't make them look like something. Of course you can't because then a kid would want them. Yeah, but you can make still make bubble gum. Yeah, and you could also remember those candy cigarettes and bubble gum cigarettes. You could do dystopia bubble gum uh, cigarettes. Dystopia cigarettes. cigarettes is a great idea. It, it's perfect, right? Yeah, that would be great. Maybe when we do the when the book's out, we do a book release show. We could give out dystopia cigarettes. Buy a bunch of candy cigarettes and then make the you know just make a new wrapper a sticker to go over it that'd be great that'd be so cool yeah i'm sorry we're back on dystopia but see villains <laughs> fits into it so it's like it's hard for me not to go there because anytime you talk about anything that you know yeah okay villains but it's like the world is dystopia and there are villains right. there so it just makes me think of all the villain stuff yeah and i think i think a lot of people probably think that all of dystopia is just full of the whole world is a villain world, but it's not. It's a it's a oh. it's a fear world, and there yeah. are there are you know good guys and bad guys. You know, totally. basically, it's, it's got the the duality thing happening, and it it's basically a parallel for this world in a way. Yeah, in more ways than one. So, anyway. Anyway, well, which painting, I have to ask you, it's a twofold question. Which painting was the easiest and the fastest and the most fun, and which one was the hardest and most difficult and took the, the most noodling? Hmm, that's a good question. Let me look at these and think about it. Um, I don't know, the Halloween robot was so simple, that came about really easily. Um, I might have that piece sold already, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah. These were actually all very easy. Um, probably the politician guy I, I had the most trouble with. Uh, I don't know why. Because it was like changing and evolving on you? Yeah, I wasn't sure where I was going with the texture. and, and I don't know. I, I just Some of them are... I can never tell. Some of them are, seem like they're going to be easy and they're really difficult and vice versa. But the you know the Black Witch happened really fast and easy too, which was nice because it's you know it's harder for me to paint pretty characters like she's kind of beautiful looking where it's easy for me to paint ugly monster stuff easy you know but painting something that has to look kind of pretty is is not it usually takes me a little more effort but uh the boogeyman boogeyman gave me a little trouble but it's the least far along i don't know Man, I'm just at this point, I'm just like, <laughs> I just need to be done with it. I'm so tired. It's fucking me up. Next week is going to be, um, yeah, okay, so next week, I've, I've given myself this deadline of Sunday night, since I'm sort of on night a night schedule now, Sunday night to finish all the paintings, and then probably Monday, I can varnish everything, and some it's in, somehow next week, I have to take everything to get photographed then do a paint test on the frame and then once i figure out the paint test i got to paint all the frames put all the paintings in the frames put wires on the back or hooks and uh paint all the plaques and put hooks in the back sign them number them and uh get everything to the gallery so they can hang the show, which I'm sure they'll be hanging the show like the night before, because it's going to be pushing everything to the last minute. So <sighs> it's just exhausting thinking about it. Like I said on the last episode, it's just, man, I'm at this point where I'm past the point where like before I was just saying this, is this worth it? You know, what am I doing with my life? This is stupid to be killing myself like this for something that may not pay off. It's not a sure thing. It's one thing working this hard when you're getting a paycheck. It's yeah. another thing entirely working this hard for maybe getting a paycheck. But 
you know, I think I think about the alternative. Okay, I could have stayed in the film industry, but it's a different kind of pain, you know. It's all it's all relative. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is, it's like I, you know, <clears throat> it's easy to say. Well, yeah, when I was doing like a regular quote job, a normal job, you know, I had time to do my own projects a little bit, you know, and I was able to, you know, plug away at them and. You know, I had the quote security, but it's like I still every month it was a grind and still right, it was right. like always questionable whether it was going to because you rise to whatever standard you're living at and, yeah. or you sink to whatever standard you're living at. Yeah. I've sunk to, you know, a, a different standard than I've lived at before <laughs> and, and not in You've a bad sunk way. you to but new just, levels. I have, but, it, but it's, it's a good thing because, you know, you start to realize what's really important and what's not, and you reevaluate your life and the things you're doing and how you are going to continue to do them. And it's good. And, and I think, again, you, in the thing you brought up on the last episode that was really your kind of your bone to chew on was perseverance. Yeah. And yeah. It, interestingly, that's one of the cards that is in my Mysterian deck. And it actually was coming up quite a bit. We were playing, I taught my parents how to play Mysterian when they were out here because there's a whole game that we've developed around it, which is actually a lot lot of fun and we played a lot of it um but that card kept coming kept coming up and oh really you know yeah and and the thing is is that it's you know perseverance means a lot of things staying the course means a lot of things you know it's like for me i i was thinking for a long time well staying the course means i have to stay here you know that's not necessarily true my idea has changed my perception has changed insofar as realizing that staying the course means continue to do what it is that i'm doing but just not doing it from here you know right. and so or they, doing what you got to do in order to keep doing the real thing exactly, that you're trying to do exactly right and whatever that means and and so that's where the flexibility and adaptability come in you know and the the willingness to reevaluate and to say okay what is the most important and how can I work within my means to achieve my goals without subjugating myself to something that isn't going to be fulfilling? You know, and, and in that process, oftentimes you find out that what you're doing now isn't entirely fulfilling and that there are ways you can shift it for it to be more fulfilling. And so I think that reevaluation process is necessary, whether we undertake that on our own of our own volition or we're forced into a corner <laughs> and yeah. we have to, you know, have to do that. And, and unfortunately, that's where I'm at now. I'd rather that it was of my own volition, but nevertheless. It's all of your own volition when you really think about it because you've set the circumstances to be where you are one way or another through every minute decision you've made along the way. So. Yeah. 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 That's Dottie barking. Can you hear her? Yeah, she's got it. It's a woof sound. Man, Lupe was making the funniest sound. So today, because Joy's been prepping the dogs for this whole thing, and so she's been taking them on a lot of walks, and she took each dog individually on a walk today up the driveway and back. It was like a mile in total after doing them all. And uh, Lupe was so excited by the whole experience of getting walked and then also the other dogs walking and her having to stay in here in the house. And she started doing this thing to Joy. I was in the kitchen cooking and Joy was sitting there and she was like staring Joy in the eye and she was like doing this yodeling thing where she was like, sounded like a, a wolf dog. She was like, <laughs> But it, she wasn't doing it like out of control, like getting real loud. She was like, oh, <laughs> and like it would do it. It was like the cutest, most adorable sound. And you don't want to pay her too much because you don't want her to get like too noisy. But, you, you know, it's her yeah. voice. It was like her throat chakra unlocked or something. Oh, and she was doing it for extended periods. Like she did one where I swear it was like 30 seconds. She didn't stop making noise. And it was like this continuous, funny, like dog sounds of like her trying to express her excitement and uh, over the whole thing you know it's just adorable <laughs> absolutely adorable that's funny yeah love my dogs yeah the dogs make it all worthwhile yeah yeah that's what well I you know the other thing about this going mobile thing that's going to be exciting is that uh you know it opens up all these possibilities for other cool podcasts to do because it's like you know, we're going to be out there on the road all the time and I'm going to be working from the road and we're going to be doing all the digital stuff we are doing from, you know, a mobile home. So it's like we'll be able to do all kinds of cool offshoot podcasts, you know, like trippy shit from the road, like the weird stuff we run into and the weird experiences we have. We were already talking about setting up some streaming cameras right there of us sitting in the front. Joy's like, I'd do it. I'd I'd be on a video podcast and, you know, like cast from the road where we're just like our weird conversations and the crazy shit that we run into in the roadside attractions and just oh, all yeah. the weird you can, dark tourist stuff. I'm surprised, you know? yeah, nobody's done that yet. I mean, that would be a podcast. Of well, we're, we're talking about it already. We've been kind of organizing our thoughts on it because 
one of the, you know, Joy's been researching all the language that relates to it. And then, of course, there's all these terminology for different people and what they do. And one of the things that is, is boondocking is like where you are staying at a place you're not really supposed to stay at, you know, right. it's like called, called boondocking. It's like one of the, the terminologies. So already I'm like, oh, man, we got to. We're gonna have to name our name our vessel the Boondocker, you know, because <laughs> like, I know we're not gonna be staying at like legit places all the time. That's just not my style. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, not like, you know, style. there's there's so many cool things that we'll be able to do just from the road because we'll already be documenting all the stuff we're documenting for Patreons and stuff, and we'll definitely be able to set up some really cool side mobile podcasts, and of course, just the stuff for the Dark Art Society, being able to show up at shows and galleries and artists and do like on the ground stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll really open up some new doors for you know channels specifically again for the Dark Art Society in regard to setting up chapters and really getting that on the ground time. You know, there's a lot more you can do when you're interacting with people on the ground in person. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, it has nothing to do with villains. Not really. Other than the fact that if you were mobile, you could, come out, you could come out to the show. That's true. Yeah, I get some people. I think Adam Bennett's coming out. Yeah. Flying in, which is cool. Trying to help him auction off one of his uh, yeah. books, actually. Yeah. Fun. The painted cover. That was, that was yeah. uh, nice of you. Uh, I'm getting, I haven't been on social media much because I've been working so hard on this. So I get little bits and pieces of things. Whenever I take a break, I'm on for a couple minutes at a time, but that's it. You're I, like, oh, Mike's selling off more of the his dwindling Chet Zara collection. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, it's good opportunities for some people, man. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Did you I mean, sell the rest? The rest? Yeah, it auctioned. It auctioned off for 300. So I was stoked. Oh, you know, it's like almost, that's like $50 less than the original price so that's not bad yeah no it's great i mean and i always you know i'm fair i always reserve things out at 50 percent, even though you know you want the you want what it's worth but it's like right. got to be reasonable too so i reserve things out at 50 percent. so the reserve was I, I i wanted 300 at least so i set the reserve at 150 <clears throat> so as soon as it hit 150 it was clear you know mm. but yeah people people bid it up and it was a cool one too because i got it back when i came out for dystopia in 2016 and that was when you were doing test runs so right you know it's, it's got a little lineage to it it's not like you know it's just a straight artist artist right. proof it got a no, little it's, history it's a nice piece who who got it you know or is it uh private? yeah uh i mean i don't know if that person wants it private they bid on it well in maybe group, you shouldn't but, say it you shouldn't shouldn't maybe you shouldn't okay say i won't it, i won't say anything but anyway, yeah, so it was kind of, that was, that was a, a boon for me. I needed it, obviously. Mm. And that was kind of one of the last of the things that I've even kept. So, right. I, I thought, I just thought of something, um, relating to villains and that yes. is one cool thing about this villain show while, while it's taken up on my time and I haven't been able to get any tutorials or a lot, not many, even time lapses for the, the Patreon. I appreciate you guys hanging with me through this, but I'm just, um, well, you subscribers on Patreon, but um, I'm still updating every day and posting pro progress pictures of the paintings every day. But one cool thing about these paintings is it's given me a, like a lot of ideas for tutorials. Like, you know, mm. I'm going to do a skin texture tutorial because that's, you know, wrinkles. Yeah. So obvious, such an obvious thing to do. It didn't occur to me. And also in, uh, like uh, allowing your underpainting to show through what you can do by by doing that, um, how to get a glow. I'm going to do a how to get a glow, like pro tip or tutorial, stuff like that. So I do yeah. have, I have a ton of ideas just kind of waiting to, to go. Nice. Um, the other thing Lee said, he, I asked Lee if he would take some pictures of the molding and casting process of the frames and the plaques. So I'm going to mm, be cool. able to update everybody on that and show them how he's working. Cause Lee is amazing when it comes to molding and casting. And he's like, you know, he's, like it's weird lee and i have these kind of parallel careers in a way as far as um lee shamel we've been doing it about the, we're about the same age and we've been doing <clears throat> effects about the same period of time but he is specialized in molding and casting so he's just like you know i could mold and cast this stuff myself but it's just you know the time crunch and he just he does it better than i do it he's like he's the master molder he is he's amazing i get the molds back from him i was like oh i'd never think to do that like i was making my my frame molds with a with just a block of silicone you know because it's mm -hmm. just quick and easy and then he devised a way to have a little plug in the a fiberglass plug in the middle so that when you pull the plug out the f the frame is is 
the mold is just like, you know, an inch bigger than the frame all around with this empty space. So it's so much easier to pull the frame out than these old uh, molds and stuff like that. You know, those are the kind of things that you, you only get from, you know, 25 years of experience. You wouldn't even think to do something like that necessarily. You know, he's yeah really smart about it. So, but I should be getting everything, all that casting stuff back next week. So I'll be able to post it on my Patreon and uh, keep people updated with that. I don't know. Oh, your Patreon's awesome all the time, man. That's oh, the thanks. truth. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. I mean, like I said, I've, I have a, a reasonable uh, objective mind about me and I follow a lot of Patreons and, and yours is definitely the most, the most active. I, I aspire to be as active as you, as you are. Okay. Of course, my work is a little different because my work is more sporadic just as by the nature of my work. And so it yeah. makes sense that it's a little less regular, but nevertheless, Plus, I always am kind of like aspiring for like, yeah, I want to have that much material, you know? Yeah. Like I was saying last time too, it's so weird to have such a small audience for that. I'm used yeah, to you totally. know, <laughs> getting like, you have to, yeah, you have to adjust your expectations. You have to like start to look at those analytics and say, okay, within the range of Patreon for posts that I've done that have gotten engagement, this is doing well right. on Patreon, you know, like that, but I do a lot of that kind of like having to look at it because you know, I'm engaged in people's pages on Instagram and Facebook that might have a, a shitload of activity and I can't compare mine to that. You know what I mean? I have yeah, to build yeah. a, like, when I look at mine, if I flip my handle over from someone else's handle, I have to be able to look at it and say, okay, cool, man. I got 65 likes, you know, like, right, woohoo. Right. I can't be like, oh man, I didn't get 675 likes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I can't expect that shit, you know? But in, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not about the number of likes anymore when it comes to Patreon. It's, it's about, um, it doesn't matter. Whereas social media, regular Instagram, Facebook, it's about at least from an artist's point of view or someone who's running a business u- utilizing those channels. It's about the likes, the numbers. It's about numbers, and it's and and when when it comes to Patreon, it's like okay, these are the people that you worked, you know, you worked hard to cultivate a following on social media. These are the actual hardcore fans that are willing to give you, you know. A, a little bit of money for the privilege of seeing all this stuff as it happens. So it's like, it's, it's, um, it's a smaller group, but it's, it's so much more intimate and so much more, um, I don't know. It's more fulfilling than, more than, than getting a, uh, a bunch of likes. It's well, like, even not, not to mention, even if you, what you know is, is that even if you don't get any likes from those people, because for whatever reason, they just don't even engage in Patreon that way, they're continuing to pay a subscription to see the material. Right. So whether they like it or not is inconsequential. Yeah, right, right. It's whether they're a patron or not. Right. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's so it's more about that. It's, and, and just that feeling of knowing that like you've done this work and you're sharing it with these people and that whether, however they engage, whether they do or they don't, that they're getting that material and that they continue to enjoy it. Otherwise they wouldn't continue to subscribe, you right, know? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. that simple. So I like it too for that reason. And I do feel I'm really excited when I get to take the time out to do posts for my Patreon and I really focus on it. You know, I really am like, I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to write up like a little story, some travel logs of something I've just done, I'm going to really like write it up. I'm not Mm going to, you know, type up a little fast little thing. I'm going to really copy edit it and go through and make sure that it's like, yeah, I'm making sense of this and people are really going to enjoy this and they'll like this inside view, you know? It's a quality, it's a quality over quantity type situation. So, you know, that's, that's why I'm really uh, want to make sure that the content is good because I so appreciate people because it's so hard to get people onto Patreon, man. It's, I didn't think it was going to be that hard, but the thing is, I haven't really pushed that hard. I started to, and then I got sidetracked. But I, I, I really want <clears throat> to push people over there because the more people I can get, the more, the better the content will be. Honestly, yep. because totally. I'll, I'll have to take less uh, money work. Yep. You know, so I'll be able to. Just you know, solely focus. That's the the goal is to be able to solely focus on that. Yep. Well, even on a small level, yeah. And and for anybody out there that's interested in doing one or that's even doing one now, that's looking for a little encouragement. You know, Chet's Chet is a big you know a big fish, and I'm a smaller fish. But for me, even on on that level, it's really exciting because it's like even just with uh, my my uh, New Mexico True Horror, my Patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. It's like just getting, I think I've gotten like six new patrons or something since I really started trying to push it. Mm. 
And it actually has bought me all this extra time, even though it's not big numbers. It's bought me like an extra couple hours every day where then I can really work on that material. And then I have time. So like, for instance, I finally took advantage of the scheduled post thing. I spent a whole day working on my Patreon and I did it for two days. So I did like two days worth of work for both Patreons and I scheduled posts. And that was all afforded by the people where then I was able to just know, okay, these videos are done. They're uploaded. I've done the copy. It's scheduled to go. It's got all the information. They're going to get it at a certain time. And that just means that then I can streamline my process and then I have more time to do better creative work. So it's like even on a small level, even like $6, $3 pledges, man, it like for me makes all the difference, you know, like really does buy me minutes in the day, you know, and then I do better work and I have more of it and people are more excited about it. And it's just more fun all around. Yeah, it's great. And it's kind of the future. It's where everything's heading, I think. You know, everyone's so sick of social media, man. I'm so sick of social media and all the politics. And the only thing good in there is the irreverent memetic code group. <laughs> it's like the only thing I check into other than my business page. Right. Yeah, that gives me, it usually gives me a laugh. There's been some good ones lately. Yeah, you've got some really good ones. Did that your moth one was the was one of the best. <laughs> that was a good one. Memes. That was a supreme meme for sure. That should have gone on my supreme meme thread. <laughs> that was definitely a supreme meme. That was great. I was super stoked. I was like that immediate. I don't even care if that was yesterday or today because it wasn't even yesterday yet. I was like, this just wins. Period. Because <laughs> it's like I always look at the time to try to like to announce a winner for the day before, but it was like still. It was like you'd posted it at like two in the morning or something, yeah. and I was like, it still wins. I don't care. <laughs> I I was like I didn't understand what was going on. I'd been like offline because that I, hard. Well, I don't think anybody so I was all understood like, what happened. I was all confused all of a sudden. Thing. I was like, "What's with all the fucking moth it's memes so everywhere?" And I was to, like my favorite meme pages, and I was like, "Every meme is a moth meme." Like, what the hell happened? I, re- I read up on what started <laughs> that. Have you heard? No, but I'm assuming that it was that it was a viral meme that someone made. It was a post that a picture of this guy took of a moth, and he posted it on Reddit. And then that's where it took off from. And it just completely, people started making memes from this picture. Of just it. And it's just that stupid just the, meme. Just the moth. The meme moth. That's why I posted the one, the one meme that was the four that says elephant. And it's got a picture of elephant. And then it says mammoth. And it's got a picture of mammoth. And then in, in the lower left, it says moth. And it's like a real picture of a moth, like a nice looking picture of moth. And then it says meme moth at the right. end. And it's that one <laughs> stupid looking moth. Because it's like, seriously, it turned it like it became the most famous moth that's ever existed in memeland. You know, memeland. <laughs> yeah, it's strange memory going on here. It's very memetic. Well, so yeah, I, I thought that yours was the topper on the cake. Uh, I didn't it, make it's it. Too per- I didn't. I just. Well, I it just was your contribution. It. My contribution. It's not like we. The, my meme page is all about piracy. You know, it's not <laughs> like there, I have meme groups that I'm in where you can't post anything other than a meme you made. You're not allowed to like yeah. share other memes, and those are the uh, those are the those are supreme meme places. You know, you don't. You don't fuck around with sharing shit on those pages, but on on my page, it's all about sharing other memes because most of the people on there don't make memes. They're not. Yeah, right. They're not right. meme makers, unfortunately. Anyway, I'm, I'm handicapped in my meme making ability right now. With my, I know I'll stop. Anyway, let's. <laughs> we're getting near the end. This if you want to help show. me, if you want to help me make better memes, go to my GoFundMe that Shane made for me. Shane Isaacowski <laughs> made me an amazing GoFundMe, and I'm actually being serious, and and I do appreciate all the support I'm getting there because it is helping me to get back on my feet. So thank you all, and there will be a link, and you can go there. And then aside from that, you should go to Chet's show, the villain show, and you know, do that. Because that's happening October 13th at Copper Gallery. And yeah. that's what this is all about. October 13th, Copper Gallery, if you can make it. Um, I'll be there. I'll, you know, If you can't make it, I'll probably be at the closing. I'm sure we'll do a closing show as well. I'm not sure when that is. Three or four weeks after. Um, yeah, I, I think they're, you know, I feel like technically they're some of the best paintings I've ever done. Um, and really fun characters. And I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm I'm excited about this show. So um, come out and support if you can. There's no one thing I mentioned in this article, Gary, uh, this interview article he's doing for Beautiful Bazaar is that there really is no better way to see the artwork than seeing it in person, especially when it comes to original oil paintings. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's it's. It's like, like I say in the interview, it's a difference, like different train. And I said it before. It's one of my things I say, but it's like the difference between seeing a band and a 
club and seeing and hearing a band on an on the radio or on an album or something you know yeah. it's like a totally different experience so it is um it will definitely be a fun show it's always free you know the, the conjoins the sh- only show we ever charge for because it's so big but um it's it's you know free to get in and um we'll be offering like i said i think some mini exclusive mini prints from the show and uh should be a good time so October 13th, Copro Gallery in Santa Monica. It's www.coprogallery.com. We'll have the link in the description. And um, thank you, everyone, for your support with the podcast. Thank you for the support with the Patreon, the podcast Patreon, because it's helping us, you know, at this point, you know, I don't know that Mike could even afford to do this show if it wasn't for the Patreon, really. You know, that is actually very true. And um, so the, you, you supporting the Patreon is allowing us to make this podcast. So uh, we appreciate everyone's support. And um, thank you for supporting my Patreon. And uh, I'll keep making content for that. Thank you for supporting Mike's Patreons. You know, links will be in, in the description. And uh, hopefully I wasn't as tired as I sound as I felt today. Hopefully, no, I, hopefully I didn't sound as tired as I am. See, I can't even spit that out right. You you did just fine and dandy. Who was that? You kept me you kept me from getting on my tangential tracks for too long. So <laughs> I think your job is done. It was the iced coffee. It was the iced coffee. Well, next time you need coffee ice cubes yeah. to just round this whole episode right out. I'm gonna do the because co- you know what? We Lisa got at the 99 cent store she got this ice cube tray of like spiders and stuff for for the kit for the 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 granddaughters and um and so now it's like oh i'm gonna put i'm gonna make coffee ice cubes out of those so it's perfect i'm telling you you will be you will be impressed with how amazing your now do you do you put do you take your coffee black or you put cream in it i like to have cream and honey okay so do you put that in before you freeze it or do you do just black coffee i just use so it makes so it gets so, whereas regular ice cubes would water your coffee down, yeah, black ice cubes would is going to make your coffee go st- be stronger. Stronger, yes. Interesting, interesting. Yes, I like that cool, d- dichotomy. Sure. It's really, <laughs> it's really pretty awesome. By the time you get to the end, you're like, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> drinking coffee grounds now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to probably do those ice cubes right when I get off here. It's the first thing I'm going to do if there's any coffee left in the coffee. Yeah. Pot. And you know, and you could even offer some to your grandkids, and they'll be all gacked out. Oh, like, oh what'd you make these out of? These are disgusting. No, I could probably get make coffee for them that tasted good enough for them to drink, but that would be insane, yeah. man. If they drink, if I they care. eat candy, anything with sugar in it, they go fucking berserk, man. They're all be right over the Dottie place. The living room. Oh, to- <laughs> totally. Galloping through the room with the with the grandkids on her back. It's <laughs> crazy, man. They start like jumping and like getting crazy and loud and running around it's so weird to see that i had that problem when i was a kid too if you gave me if you gave me sugar i would flip out i, I would like <laughs> literally go off the wall it was like i would lose my shit i remember having the experience i remember getting super high off it and being like whoa this might be the coolest thing that's ever happened <laughs> it's no wonder that i got on the track that i did <laughs> all right thank all you right. everybody for listening thank you for yep. chatting mike and um We'll see you next week with. Oh J- wait, 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 wait! Oh, I gotta yeah, do. Right. I gotta do uh, patrons. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull it up really fast. Next Patreon. week we got we got Jim McKenzie interview, which will be fun. I know who we missed. We missed somebody, and I'll say their name now because I committed it to memory, and it is Tamson Battershill. Wow. And that somehow that person, in the midst of everything, I, I managed to like get all the people before and uh, after, but I didn't get Tamson Battershill. What a great and name! I memorized. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I had to memorize it because I was like, dude, like this is too cool. Something from Game of Thrones or something. I wonder if it's Plus, real. Plus, I felt like an asshole for having missed it. And so that was also part of my memorization. I'm logging into Patreon right now. We apologize that I wasn't prepared. I had to move myself because the wind was blowing on my microphone when we were doing the pre-roll. Yes, if you okay, want to so. hear the wind blowing on the microphone, you could uh, subscribe to the Patreon and join the pre-roll. It was better than that. <laughs> oh, and by the way, now I have to type in a, a nickname that Chet has for me every time I log into this that is derogatory. You're going to give away your password, man. No, I'm not. No way they can figure that one out. It's pretty... That that was even complex for you. Like, normally, <laughs> are like the most obvious basic thing ever, but that was complex. <laughs>
Yours have gotten more complex. I've watched. Though. Well, yeah, okay. I'm more aware of. Well, someone tried to remember. Someone tried to hack you while we were recording the last yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> that was scary. Yeah, it's not fun. I shouldn't laugh. Okay, I'm pulling up notifications now. My internet is super slow. I apologize. Here we go. Um. Hmm. Not much has happened here. <laughs> not to, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm being honest. I'm trying to get to the, the no, old... No new subscribers? Is that what you're saying? Well, no. It's not that there's no. There's one, but I want to see if there's um, any more before that one. Here we go. Nope. Okay, so the last one I had read off was Axel Kohagen. Thank you again, Axel. And we have Kate Mahanen. Thank you, Kate. She actually also uh, followed a couple of my other ones, too. So thank you, Kate, all around. We appreciate it. Um, the other two, our notifications not worth mentioning. Thank you all. And we will catch you guys next Wednesday for another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Bye.